Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers nearly a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. If I asked you right now to list all of the subscriptions you pay for, would you be able to? I really thought my answer to that question would be a resounding yes. But with the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find some sneaky ones I must have forgotten to cancel before the free trial ran out. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting slash kid subscriptions, though they all seem like really small amounts, when pulled together, that's a pretty big chunk of your spending money out the door. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Not all stories have a satisfying ending. Some just leave you wanting more information and with no way to obtain it. On July 24th, 1925, a young boy disappeared from a small town. And almost 100 years later, the ending of his story will leave you wanting more. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Arthur Buddy Schumacher Jr., born September 2, 1916, was raised on the small, quiet streets of Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, just west of the bustling Milwaukee. Known as the City of Homes, Wauwatosa's serene streets were filled with schools, parks, and little suburban homes that made it the perfect place to have and raise children, which is what made the events of July 24, 1925, all that more shocking. That's the day that the quiet town was rocked down to its foundation and an eight-year-old little boy, everyone described as kind-hearted and cheery, disappeared from his loving home. On the hot morning of July 24th, Buddy left his family's home with a few neighborhood kids at around 9 a.m. and was last seen by three of those friends as they hopped off the freight train they had jumped to get a ride to the nearby swimming hole. According to some reports, the kids heard a man yell at them and all took off in different directions. All except for Buddy, who, when his friends looked back at him, was speaking with an adult male stranger. 
When he didn't return home that night, something extremely out of character for Buddy, his parents and older sister were dumbfounded as to where he could possibly be. A small search party soon turned massive, and for seven weeks, the community of Wauwatosa, along with investigators and bloodhounds, worked together to try and find young Buddy as people from all over the state trickled in to try and aid with the search. They looked high and low and in every single spot they possibly could, which is why everyone was shocked when, on the seventh week, the badly decomposed body of a young boy was found just a mere mile from the Schumacher home by a horrified mushroom hunter. Despite the level of decomp, the body was identified as Buddy Schumacher, and autopsies determined that not only had the body shown signs of mutilation and sexual abuse, but that a handkerchief was shoved deep down in the back of Buddy's throat, meaning that suffocation was likely his cause of death. From what they could determine, investigators figured that Buddy had been lured away to the shadows of a dense undergrowth by a stranger who then seized him and shoved a gag in his mouth to prevent him from screaming. As his hands were pinned and his abuse began, the gag slipped further down his throat, causing him to choke to death. Local and state media ran all of the details of Buddy's case and featured a photo of his casket with pleas for information about his disappearance and murder. Police assumed that all of the attention would make for an easy case, assuming that someone would come forward pretty early on with viable information that would lead to an arrest. But here we are, almost 10 decades later, with about 96 years of promising leads, but absolutely no justice. Over the course of the investigation, with lead after lead heading towards dead ends, police eventually landed on a local drifter who was accused of the crime and arrested. But after looking into him some more and witnesses retracting their original statements, he was let go and sent on his way. There were also two mentally disabled men who reportedly confessed to the murder, but police, not believing their confession for one reason or another, didn't charge either men. And if this wasn't perplexing enough, that handkerchief that killed Buddy Schumacher on top of being mishandled throughout the investigation, eventually went missing altogether from the district attorney's office. Years and years after the murder, a former Milwaukee newsboy confessed in the Minnesota State Penitentiary that he was the murderer. Though he was serving a life term for a similar crime committed in St. Paul, the boys who accompanied Buddy on the day that he was murdered failed to identify him as the stranger they saw speaking with Buddy and not all of his facts lined up with the investigation. The case and all of its files no longer reside in the Wauwatosa Police Department, which, according to a department spokesperson, no longer has any of the records for any cases prior to the year 1934. And with nearly everyone connected to the disappearance and murder moved away or deceased, it seems as though Buddy's case is doomed to remain cold. Two years after the murder, Buddy's family moved out of their family home and since then spoke very little about their tragic loss. But in their absence, another family took up residence in their old house, the one that brought with it so many bad memories. And the boy who now played in the same places as Buddy Schumacher did sparked a renewed interest in the cold case. Paul Hoffman would later write the book Murder in Wauwatosa, The Mysterious Death of Buddy Schumacher, in which he recounts what it was like growing up next to a woman named Lillian Harwood, 
who throughout his childhood could be heard saying, I know who killed the Schumacher boy, a phrase that he wrote off as a child but consumed him as an adult. According to his story and Lillian's ravings, Buddy Schumacher was killed near the Menominee River around Hoyt Park, and that, despite a lack of arrest, the police knew exactly who the killer was. So he went on a fact-finding mission interviewing family members, including Buddy's nephews, and poring over old newspapers and census data. But after years of research, Paul has decided to keep his conclusions close to his chest saying, I think I know who committed the murder. I don't think that after all this time, there's a way to prove it, though. So it will just have to stay an educated guess based on the facts presented. With the evidence long gone, almost 100 years passing, and the killer, whoever he or she was, long gone, maybe Paul is right. With no way to prove any theory, maybe Buddy's case is just doomed to remain cold. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on July 25th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.